Mission Control, we are go for spitballing. Three, two, one. Here we go. Welcome to the Spitballing with Econ Elite Podcast. Spending time dropping knowledge from luxury locations all around the world. It's seven-figure entrepreneurs, Todd Snidely and Chris Keith, with the inside scoop on how to really obtain freedom through e-commerce. Get ready to learn how to make money online with your hosts, Todd and Chris. So, let's get started. Hello everyone, Todd here, and welcome to our first ever Ecom Elite Spitballing Podcast. Now, to be honest with you, um, this is something Chris and I have been wanting to do for a long time, so why, why haven't we done it? <laughs> well, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, there's so many business projects that we like working on, you know, it's hard to find that, that time, and we're all working towards that four-hour work week, so a podcast never seemed, you know, we just couldn't find a place to fit it in, all right? So so why now? Well, I got to tell you, and we like giving credit where credit is due, and it's because uh, I started listening to Russell Brunson's Marketing in Your Car podcast, and I used to think podcasts had to be two, three hours long. You had to have guests and fancy music and, you know, things to talk about. <laughs> and uh, after listening to Russell, uh, 20 or 30 episodes, I'm like, oh, you know what? The dude gets in his car, he talks for five minutes, and he's able to, you know, drop some wisdom, tell some stories. And and I feel like I'm getting to know his journey. And I said, well, I can do that. You know, Chris and I can do that. And so I'll probably do some podcasts. Chris will, Chris will do some podcasts. We'll do some together. And eventually... We may even bring on a guest, bring on another Ecom Elite member to talk about their successes because there's a ton of those guys and girls. Uh, so we'll just see how this goes. And, you know, part and parcel of this is so that you can get to know us also. And my journey uh, to where I am today, you know, it's been a long journey and n- not a perfect journey. So some of you know my backstory and some don't. So, so, through the course of doing these podcasts and trying to impart the, the wisdom of how, how to really do e-commerce, do it long term, uh, whether you're a, you know, a dead start beginner or some even some advanced stuff for people that have been doing it for years and years. Um, I think part of that you know, is each time I'm going to try to give a little bit of my backstory, uh, maybe not every time, but by the you know, if you follow these podcasts, I think you'll get to understand some of my thought processes, some of the uh, risks I took, some of the huge mistakes I made, and 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 be able to pick out, and I'll try to identify, you know, the things that really made the difference in my life uh, to get me to the point where, where I am today. So along those lines, I want to talk about today, uh, the very first business that I had and what happened to it and the regrets I have about that first business. Well, this goes all the way back now to 1983. I'd just gotten out of the Air Force, was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, thought bartending would be a fun thing to do while I was trying to figure this life thing out. And so, you know, I became a certified mixologist and started working in a bar. Well, I got to meet all kinds of interesting people. 
And through the course of that employment, I met a guy that owned a process service company. And he asked me if I wanted to make some extra money by serving, you know, subpoenas and summonses and garnishments. And if you guys don't know what any of those things are, uh, that's a good thing <laughs> because you uh, that means you've avoided the civil litigation system, uh, which is, again, a good thing. So I was the guy that would take those summons and complaints and track down the defendant and, you know, and serve him with the papers so that he'd have notice of the lawsuit or or take garnishments to the bank, which was the easiest thing to do. Uh, but people would end up getting their bank accounts seized. So, I mean, it was kind of a weird business. But while I was doing this, I eventually, um, eventually the guy that had hired me moved on to other things, and, and it became my business. So uh, I started to go to all of my attorney clients and ask them, what other services could I offer you guys that you'd be willing to pay for? And uh, without fail, most of them were saying judgment collection because apparently attorneys are really, really good at suing people and getting a judgment, but, you know, suck wind on actually turning that judgment into money. So they needed somebody to, you know, locate these defendants because a lot of them had just skipped or t took off uh, and then locate the assets of these defendants to be able to do the garnishments and writs of execution and subpoena for creditors, exams, and things like that. So in any event, I started doing that, and I, I found I had a knack for it, and it was kind of fun. I mean, it was, you know, you're kind of raining misery onto people's lives in some ways, and I had to struggle with that. But, you know, people make their own bed, and, you know, I was just, I wasn't doing anything wrong. It was just, you know, sometimes I struggled with it. But in any event, I got good at it. And one of the unique selling propositions that I had with my business is I would front all of the fees. You know, if there was a court filing fee, if there was a skip tracing fee, I would uh, credit report fee. I would I would uh, front all of those fees and not expect to receive those fees back until I actually collected money for the attorney. And uh, I would get my fees back first, and then he would pay me uh, my commission on that recovery. And uh, word on that got around. These attorneys, they talked to each other, and, you know, you can imagine them at the country club, right? Yeah, I found this guy that, you know, he actually pays the fees up front to collect judgments for me, uh, judgments that, you know, are 10 years old. And so <laughs> word got out, and, and I started to get more and more business, and things were going pretty good. And remember, this is back in 83, 84, and, um, you know, so... If I could, you know, I'd come out of the Air Force making, a, I think, like $850 a month or something like that. So, you know, if I was making, you know, two or $3,000 a month back then, that would have been like huge money to me. And uh, one attorney called me up and said, yeah, you know, so-and-so referred uh, you to me and I have a, a bunch of judgments. I'd like you to come in and talk. So I went into this guy's office and, I mean, he had files and I'm not joking. They were stacked four, four to five feet high all around the circumference of his office. I mean, just a ton of files. And so we sat down and we were talking and I'm like, well, you know, how many judgments do you have that you'd like collected? And he just pointed to all the files. He goes, I had all these brought in for you uh, today for our meeting. I, I, I have all these judgments. He said, now I'm going to give you all of this business. He goes, and, I, and you're going to make a ton of money on it. He goes, but I have one requirement and it's that you work all of these cases equally and uh, I'm only going to give you about six months, you know, to, to get as much as you can out of these judgments. And so you got to work them all equally. And, and he even said, and you're fronting all of the expenses, you know, until the money's collected. So I, I did some quick calculations. 
And just on the various credit report fees and filing fees, I'm like, wow, this is going to be like $35,000. Now remember, <laughs> I might be making two or three grand a month, and I've only been doing that for, you know, three, four, five months, right? And so, you know, I'm kind of scratching my head about what to do. So I told him I'd think about it and get back to him. And, uh, you know, shortly after that, uh, my banker called me up. Um, real nice lady from a bank that doesn't even exist anymore, invited me out to lunch. Just, you know, that's just what they did back then. <laughs> and, um, you know, she's like, what's wrong? You seem a little down. I said, well, yeah. And I told her the story that I just told you. I said, I don't know what to do. I don't think I can take that that, that amount of business on. And she said, well, how much do you need? And I told her 35 grand. And she did some quick calculations, made a phone call. Now, she's the branch manager. And she said to me, our bank will loan you $50,000 on a 90-day note that uh, you'll be able to use to you know, get going on that. Will that be good enough? And I said, well, what's a 90-day note? <laughs> and she says, well, you have to pay the money back within 90 days plus interest. I said, what if I can't pay it back within 90 days? She said, then we'll, we'll roll it over for another 90 days as long as you pay the interest at the end of the 90 days. So I'm thinking, oh, man. Oh, oh and I said, well, what at the end of that 90 days? She goes, no, nope, that's it. We'll roll it once, and you got to pay it. So, so I figured, okay, I had six months to pay back this 50 grand. So I went and I thought about it, I thought about it, I thought about it. And I got another phone call. And this was a guy who I'd been talking with a little bit before who wanted to, quote, unquote, buy my business. And now you have to understand, um, I didn't really think I had a business, right? I had an old Mac computer, some file folders, and a client list. And uh, the one thing that I did not know (laughs) was the most valuable thing in the business and that was a contractual agreement with the three major credit bureaus to obtain uh, credit reports for uh, permissible purposes, but uh, not in the scope of employment or um, there was another thing. But it doesn't matter. It, was, it turned out that this agreement that I had, the credit bureaus weren't making them anymore with, uh, for companies like mine. But I was grandfathered in. So anyway, this this guy, I was basically a licensed credit bureau is what it came down to. And the pricing that I was getting from these credit bureaus was direct from them. So we're talking about I'm paying 35 cents to be able to run a credit report, okay? I had, I had no idea that they weren't giving these, these agreements out anymore. Well, this guy needed a credit bureau with that kind of an agreement. And so he offered to buy my whole business and um, I want to say the number was 20, 20 grand, right? And so here I had this decision to make. Do I take the quick 20 grand with no risk, get rid of a, an old computer and some in my cases, um, and move on to something else? Or did I say no to that, take a $50,000 loan and go uh, invest in uh, that other client and make make potentially scads and scads of money or go broke. So this was my first real major business decision. And I have to tell you, I panicked. And I let fear take over. I, you know, I let the devil into my head, just kicking my brain saying, you can't do this. You know, you're going to fail. Um, you're never going to make it. Might as well take the, the quick money and uh, and go do something else and and 
I sit here today to tell you that was a major regret that I still have. Um, I have a few, and more than a few probably, but I remember that one as, as one of the major ones. And so, you know, so what do we take away from this? Well, several things. Um, one, you do need to know your own risk tolerance. Obviously, my risk tolerance has changed, especially once I learned why that guy was willing to give me all that money for my business. I didn't understand everything, so I made, I made a decision that I, I wasn't fully informed on to make. It was not... Uh, it was not a great decision because I didn't have all the information available. He actually had more information than I did. Um, but the bottom line, what it really came down to was I folded. You know, Rather than rise up to the challenge and take it on and take that calculated risk. That wasn't a crazy risk. It was a calculated risk. Rather than do that, I took the easy way out. And uh, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I took the money and I finished off my professional pilot training. I had already, you know, I was already a private pilot at the time, but I said, oh, you know, like I said, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. I figured, well, if I can take the money and, and get my commercial license and my multi-engine and my instrument rating and become a certified flight instructor and all of that, that would be a good use of that money because then I'll have a job and I'll be able to have a job flying. Well, flying was, that was my dream job growing up. And I, so I thought that that at the time was a good thing. Turned out, to be, you know, not the worst decision, but it turned out to be the wrong decision. So, you know, the first of some, first of a lot of bad decisions, not the worst decision I ever made, like I said, but, but it affected me so much that um, while I may not specifically think about that decision, you know, uh, today, you know, not now in the present when I'm making decisions, I, I know for a fact that it influences my decisions um, because it was a, a major event in my life. And uh, along with other things that influence my decisions, all subconsciously, of course. But, you know, people look at me today now and they're like, how can you just like make a decision so quickly to jump into something, to do something, to try something, to take a risk? And it's because I learned a long, long time ago that it's, it's better to jump off that cliff and uh, and build that plane on the way down than not to jump at all. And, uh, and that's really the takeaway for today. All right, well, that was our first spitballing with Ecom Elite podcast. I hope it didn't suck too bad. And we'll go ahead and uh, get going with the next one. And if you guys you know, can leave me some comments on what you thought, and, uh, you know, eventually we're going to have this on iTunes and we'll be uh, begging for reviews and all of that uh, so, so that people can find, our, find the podcast a little easier. You know, I'll let you know when that's happening. But for now, just thanks for uh, sticking with us. Take care. Have a great day.